here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Returning to the round table, we welcome him back. It's Robin Reed. The the way the podcast has gone in the most episodes nowadays are two people. The table really didn't need to be round. <laughs> like it's a bit, yeah, it's very uh two dimensional table. <laughs> like I guess at max it's been well, it has been over three, but it started off as three. Where really it could have been a triangular table, but that's not really a thing. So round table made sense when it was the three of us, but now now there's just two for most episodes. It's mm. we've got a little su- superfluity, if that's a word, which it probably isn't. <laughs> We're getting intelligentsia on us. But <laughs> <sighs> well, you know. And obviously, obviously you've started the Twitter account now. I have indeed. So I, <laughs> I had to come back on. I had to come back on. So yeah, bad luck, guys. Arn isn't here. There is now an official slash semi-official. Uh, Brit Rest Roundtable Twitter account, which is basically just now my wrestling account. It's I'm blatantly stealing the um, the main VOW account vibe in that I'm just going to be tweeting all my wrestling account, uh, wrestling takes out from from that account now, um, and you know separating out the, the the gambling and the sports tweets because I'm sure there's a, a decent amount of you who listen to this podcast were like, yeah, I'll give him a follow on Twitter, see what his wrestling takes are call them bad all the time because you know um and then i were inundated with thousands of darts tweets and went you know what i'm i'm not feeling that i'm not feeling that which i completely understand uh so that is at at brit rest round um yeah there there will also be any updates i have on that we have for this podcast on there like letting you know when the next episodes will be, what topics we're going to be discussing, if we ever uh, put the call out for questions, that'll be where it's from, as well as the the forums. Uh, so yeah, if you fancy it, go go give that a follow. But enough of these initial plugs. Um, let's get straight to it because there is a massive weekend of British wrestling mm-hmm. coming up. Um, British slash Japanese wrestling. Um, which I'm not sure. Are we actually allowed to talk about Japanese wrestling? Because last I checked, 
Japan isn't in Britain. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't think we're allowed to talk about things that aren't British. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to upset anybody, uh, especially with a really bad accent. But um, we, we do have a high contingent of Irish uh, fans and uh, listeners, <laughs> I'm sure. We, we do. So, you know, they, I, I got to upset them uh, strong early on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I... I'm not sure we're actually allowed to talk about the the new Japan shows that are taking place in the UK because they're not in 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 the imperial domain of uh, Britain and we've got uh, Britain in our name, so we're gonna have have to cancel uh, talking about that and uh, instead we'll talk about WX. Oh wait, WXW is not British either. Oh that shit. Um, that doesn't leave us with many. Uh, you know what? There's only one thing for it. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to go over. We're gonna have to. <laughs> Take a bit more of Ireland, uh, get, you know, in a couple more counties in Ireland, and then we can, uh, <laughs> then we'll be allowed to talk about OTT, and that, uh. that ju- we'll, we'll have to do that just to just to fill, just to fill uh, this podcast, because otherwise we're going to have nothing to talk about. Um, Wait a minute, this wasn't in the run sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I apologize greatly for that, but uh, <laughs> I, I love a bit, I love a bit. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh yes. Well, <laughs> of course, OTT have uh, rather played their own hand <laughs> in that regard. I'm sure we'll talk about them eventually, but we'll have to keep it very much on the lowdown, lest we uh, offend Mr. Cabre. <laughs> uh, the, the secret is, Brit Rest Roundtable is actually short for British Isles Wrestling Roundtable, and Ireland is indeed in the British Isles. Mm-hmm. Germany, on the other hand, less so, but, you know... We're, we're honoured guests there. Indeed, indeed. They invite us over. They welcome us. So what? What can? What can you say? Um, love you, Ireland. I I love you, Ireland. Yeah. So that horrible bit aside, um, <laughs> which I could tell Ollie was going, "What the fuck is going on here?" Because <laughs> uh, I hundred percent did not warn him about that one. But yeah, we have a very busy week of uh, British wrestling uh, coming up. We've got on the Thursday. Uh, Frontline Pro Wrestling, the British Pro Wrestling uh, promotion, starting up with Osprey's new venture. Hell uh, yeah! It's they, got they've got their Japanese first show. People in it as well. Indeed, um, quite the contrary to Lucha Forever, and well, no, they had El Ligero. He's Mexican, and Mofo, so El Mofo. Uh, Let's yeah, not forget. Uh, yeah. We're not allowed to talk about her. She's Irish. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> keep on the download, please. Please be respectful. Uh, then on the Thursday, we've got uh, one of Fight Club Pro's Big Four events. We've got International Techers. Um, they've got quite a fun card. And then we've got the New Japan UK shows on the uh, Saturday and Sunday in Milton Keynes and Manchester. Um, so, yeah, it's a very Japanese-flavoured weekend of BritRest, but a, a huge BritRest weekend nonetheless. Now, I'll be going to the uh, frontline shows and both New Japan shows. Uh, unfortunately, won't be going to the Fight Club Pro shows because Wolverhampton is an absolute hell to get out of. Um, and I would forever be trapped there. Mm-hmm. So uh, just the free shows for me. But um, I'm very much looking forward to it. Are you going to any of these shows, Ollie? Yeah, I'll be going to Frontline on the Thursday and definitely Milton Keynes for <laughs> my first foray into the, the tortured city. But it's Milton Keynes. Um, and possibly also Manchester if I can work it out and get get home for Monday morning, but we'll see. 
It will depend if I can manage to drag you along. Which, uh, <laughs> you can we'll, sell we'll me see. on it. <laughs> Although, it, it, it's not a difficult sell, i got to say. Yeah, like, it. I was going to go just to the Milton Keynes show, and then I was like, well, that's a New Japan house show building up to the Manchester show, so I can't really just go to the Milton Keynes show, so I'll, I'll be heading up north um, for the first time in quite a while, actually. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's go straight into these uh, New Japan UK shows, which... You know, the big secret is here, they're branded New Japan UK, but really these are kind of just Rev Pro shows, <laughs> if, we're, if we're completely honest. Um, now, the, the the proviso to that is that unlike a Ring of Honor, say, where, um, you know, New Japan is kind of with them out of habit more than anything else, they actually value Rev Pro as a partner, so they um, respect their booking um, give them, like, storyline plans ahead of time, um, so RevPro actually knows what's going to be going on with, with half their talent base, and also, like, actively put in build for RevPro shows on New Japan shows, which doesn't happen so much in, with uh, Ring of Honor in the New Japan's American partnership, which is a bit weird when you consider the, the relative size of the promotions, but... Maybe when you then look at their booking, you can understand where New Japan's coming from. A uh, little Ring of Honor burial there, mm. which uh, America isn't part of the UK. Uh, sorry, sorry guys. Sorry well, you, guys. no, you have a Ring of Honor guy, though. So, or a semi-Ring of Honor guy in hiatus. In a in another life, when I was uh, the the runner of Ring of Honor's premier forum <laughs> at, at, in way in the past. Uh, I'm a changed man, though. I'm a changed man. Fully fully converted to the, the church of Eurograps. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun card, um, the, the two shows. And I, I think there's, there's quite a fun... There's a couple of themes running through both shows that, that really, I think, add to it, as opposed to it just being a, a smattering of, of dream matches or a smattering of, of random random assortment to, of guys you've kind of got three different stories going into these two new japan shows you've got chaos versus suzuki gun which is making up the the majority of the top of the cards you've got some big opportunities for some of europe's tallest wrestlers in uh, brooks and volta both getting two um, big matches against european guys and then finally we've got some um well i guess four different bits we've then got some some fun junior action with um the the combination of like um the british cruiserweight guys um uh, for the in the rev pros cruiserweight division and then some throwing in with some of the uh juniors from new japan and then finally we've got some authentic young hot young lion action <laughs> like mwah, mwah. hot young boy action it's 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 lovely Let's lovely stuff we've got uh, Amino there, we've got Doug in there, we've got question mark, question mark, question mark, who's hopefully gonna lay a beating on two young boys, whoever he is. It's it's a fun stuff. it's fun stuff. Yeah, it's uh as you say, it's New Japan, UK it's essentially just RevPro <laughs> and they're borrowing that strong style of of logo from uh from Long Beach. Um <laughs> and the the show that was on New Japan World. This is not that. And I think people got angry, um, like when it was sort of came out that this was just gonna kind. Of, this was what the cards were, um, and it was just more of like a, a souped-up global wars than anything. But 
if you thought it was going to get the same treatment as um, uh, their shows in California, then you probably deserve to be duped a bit, a bit like me when I bought my £40 ticket for Daisuke Sakamoto and they dropped the price the day before. <laughs> um, I deserved that, and people who thought that this was going to be, you know, on New Japan World and <laughs> it fully in canon, um, they probably, <laughs> probably should have known a bit better because this was very much a RevPro run operation. Um, but that doesn't mean it's a bad show by any means. In fact, it's an excellent show. Um, just that maybe people should have used their head a bit more and not gotten uh, completely sold down the river by the New Japan name. Yeah. it. What I think they've done here is very smart. They've, they're going into two new markets in Milton Keynes and Manchester, which are two towns that, well, two cities that, well, Milton Keynes technically not a city, but who cares? Uh, two cities that um, RevPro hasn't run before. And if they went in with just their FPro name, with these exact same cards, they'd probably do quite well, but they wouldn't do as amazingly as as just slapping the New Japan name on it. Mm. Uh, they've managed to do... I think both of these are going to be, like, around the 2K mark, two 2K houses, um, back-to-back nights, which is very impressive. Um, obviously a bit less impressive for, like, a New Japan show, but for, for RevPro, it's, it's brilliant. Um... Uh, and this, these shows have also kind of been the victim of that there's three New Japan associated shows going on simultaneously. Yeah. Um, so obviously Kenny Omega's got his New Japan CEO thing over in that's that's Florida, right? Yeah, in yeah Florida. So that's got like Omega, a couple of the um, a couple of the Bullet Club guys. Michael um, Nakazawa. <laughs> Michael Nakazawa. Definite New Japan talent there. Um, uh, I think he's also got Lij, right? He does, yes. Or is that Ring of Honor? I'm pretty sure Lij's CEO. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, or they've also got who else? Oh, Abushi, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they've got like the that core of guys there. Then over in uh, Ring of Honor's hosting their, their one of their probably their second biggest pay per view of the year after Final Battle in Best of the World. So they've got all their uh, contracted guys there, like the the Bucks, Cody, uh, Skrull. I think they've also got a couple of New Japan guys, although I'm not completely on top of um, that card. But I think they've got a couple of Japanese guys there too. So th- this show it doesn't have like the full. New Japan roster. Mm. As you say, it's basically Chaos versus Suzuki-gun for the most part, with uh, the old Yuji Nagata smattered in there. Yeah, yeah. You've got Chaos, Suzuki-gun, Nagata, and Amino. And I think that's everyone. Oh, Tiger Mask as well. And Taiji Ishimori. And Yijiro. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Okay, so, so They've got a hell of a lot of guys over. It's more than they've ever had before for Global Wars. So I, I definitely say this is a step up from what they did for Global Wars. But yeah, it's clearly not on the same level as A Strong Style Evolved, which was like a full New Japan card, basically. Like, here's the thing. from Now, obviously, plans may have changed now because of uh, our Harold, our new ruler of uh, Voice of the Wrestling... Our new benefactor, praise Harold. <laughs> uh, praise be to him. Uh, we're con- contractually obliged to say that. Um, now that he's in charge, things may have changed. But everything we were hearing before uh, this with New Japan's US expansion were eventually, this is kind of 
how it was meant to work out in the long run anyway. It would be several, a couple of units at a time over in the US doing shows in the US mixed in with like a US, a bunch of US talent over in the US um, for New Japan USA shows. Like you'd have guys who were not like exclusively New Japan USA guys, but like primarily New Japan USA guys and then would maybe come over uh, to Japan for their 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 biggest shows, like um, kind of like a second brand kind mm-hmm. of, and then they'd maybe head over uh, for like Wrestle Kingdom and King of Pro Wrestling maybe, um, but you would have like a strong mix between New Japan like domestic guys and then the the US roster, but they were they were starting doing that by taking over the majority of their roster, and then slowly they would ease that away and introduce more US guys, um, which would kind of come through their dojo. This is, that's, you know, the end point, in theory, wouldn't be too dissimilar to what we've got here. We've got the majority of two units, and then a smattering of other guys from other units, mixed in with a bunch of guys who are regulars in promotions that are associates with New Japan. Um, in guy, you know, in a lot of the Rev Pro roster, um, so I, I, while it it is a Rev Pro, it does feel more like a Rev Pro card than a New Japan card. It do, I don't feel like I've been they're, they're conning people no, by absolutely. putting New Japan uh, logo on it. Like if you if you went and counted names, it's probably at least at least like fifty percent New Japan guys here. Um, and who knows? Like you could. After this show, if, if a couple of the the UK guys impress, they could make it over to Japan. Yeah, like, I mean that's what we've always said about these global wars and now strong style of old shows. Is I mean Will Osprey literally got his shot from impressing him with Okada, and Okada was like, "We have to have him." So <laughs> you know this is the chance, and obviously Zack Sabre Jr. and his work against New Japan guys as well uh, got him noticed. So yeah, <laughs> the doors are open, boys. We may look back at this card like two years from now and say Volta's a regular in New Japan. Please, please, please. But, oh, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> very, very I mean, badly. <laughs> maybe not quite regular because it would, it would be sad to see him leave WXW, but like it would be amazing to see him over there at least some of the time. Um, and then maybe, who knows, who else is getting big opportunities? I guess you know it's not out of the question that like David Starr could get over there. He's he's in there with some New Japan guys. That would be cool to see. Phantasmo maybe like Aussie Open. That you know that yeah. there's a definite pattern to Aussie Open being continuously put in there with New Japan guys, and yeah, that's and not World Tag League's at, easiest tour to get onto as well. So <laughs> indeed, indeed, and there's a definite pattern to you know if you look back through. Uh, all of Ring of Honor's, like, Global Wars and War of the Worlds tours, the guys who end up in there with New Japan guys consistently and repeatedly, there's a high hit rate of them Mm -hmm. eventually being the guys who are regularly brought in with New Japan. I'm not saying it's definitely happening, but, you know, there's something to be read into there. Like, there, there are some guys who get put against New Japan guys once and then it never happens again. That's usually a sign of, like, Gato's maybe gone... Eh, they're all right, but I'm not that interested. I'd rather see how some other guys do. Whereas when teams are repeatedly put against guys, and especially guys higher up the card, like uh, the Aussie Open have already been in there against Hiroshi Tanahashi, 
Um, you know, that's that's a sign, perhaps, you know. Um, so, so, yeah, like, maybe a year from now, we look back on these cards and, you know, that they look even more New Japan-y than they do now because of what they've led to. Yeah, I certainly get that. And, um, like, it feels... I, I like the RevPro big show booking, so <laughs> it certainly isn't any sweat off my back. Uh, but we're getting a sort of RevPro-esque card mixed in with the New Japan style. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not complaining at all. And the people who are probably should take a second look at the situation or just wait until the actual show is to criticise. Yeah, it goes back to Joe Lanza's old thing of if you're not, you know, if you're buying tickets blind and you get burned, then you kind yeah. of only have <laughs> yourself to blame. Um, I I have a degree of sympathy for people who were like... I could I could imagine someone buying tickets, seeing New Japan, go, being a, a huge LIJ fan or something... Buying tickets with the express purpose of seeing Lij and then yeah, being a bit disappointed. I could, I can understand that. Um, I also understand uh, sort of the Milton Keynes card being slightly uh, lower quality. Um, I still don't think it's too bad a card, um, but yeah, it certainly seems like a build to the second night rather than two big shows on like standalone on their own. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's inconceivable that some of the best matches here could end up being on night yeah, one there's one less uh, match in Milton Keynes so each match should theoretically get more time uh, is there? I think so yeah uh, yeah, yeah there is there is because Duggan's only on night two yeah yeah um, yeah so I could I could definitely see night there is a world in which night one ends up being the better show but night two definitely feels like the bigger show, mm. which is, you know, that's that's the way a lot, you know, that's the way New Japan books. Like they, you know, they're they're building to, you know, night one is basically a Corican, and night two is like a, I don't know, like a the smaller of the the wrestling Dondakus or whatever. <laughs> that that sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, but often the New Japan Korokans fucking rule, so um, we'll run through the, the cards quickly now um, because I don't think we've actually gone through the matches no, yet. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll run through them them quickly and then we'll we'll give th any passionate thoughts we have on matches. Okay. So um, we'll probably start things off with um, Shota Amino uh, in some authentic young line action going up against the infamous question mark question mark question mark. Um, who I generally, genuinely have no idea who is. Uh, then we've got some junior action in David Starr going up against Tiger Mask 4 in what might be for the title. They've said, you know, it's kind of playing into the RevPro storyline of David Starr has kind of issues with management and they're trying to, trying to persuade him to put the title on the line, but I imagine he probably won't. Uh, then you've got Ishimori and Yujiro versus Aussie Open in what should be a pretty fun tag match. Uh, then going on to the, the big lad, big opportunities section of the card, we've got um, Chris Brooks going up against Yoshihashi, and then a match I am extremely looking forward to in Volta versus Yuji Nagata, and then the the trifecta of Chaos versus Suzuki Gun matches, we've got um, the, the trios match, White, 
uh, Toru Yanu and Gedo versus Taichi, El Desperado and Izuka. Um, you got Will Ospreay going up against uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And then what I'm, you know, almost certain will be the main event the, for the British Tag Team titles. Uh, Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki in is what is probably my most anticipated match of the weekend. Um, anything that jumps out for you there, Ollie? Uh, well, obviously, Mr. Question Mark, Question Mark, Question Mark, Question Mark on the match graphic for Question Marks uh, <laughs> they've gone for there. Um, yeah, I have no actual idea of who it is um my best guess would be Naoki Tanazaki which would probably like it's not going to be a mega star for the position on the card because he's up against Dan Duggan and Amino uh so it's probably not going to be a huge name um I, I an outside shot of potentially Ayato Yoshida from K-Dojo who's sort of main evented their last few Lionsgate shows and they're sort of he seems to be the guy from the outside that they're most happy to use and obviously <laughs> that's a bit of a biased one because I'm I'm very much on the Yoshida train and believe he'll main event Wrestle Kingdom one day <laughs> so maybe they'll bring him over as like a tester but that is a very outside shot I would say Tanazaki is probably the best idea and maybe they just wanted to slide it under New Japan's radar <laughs> I really don't know it's it's a bit of a weird one because it feel to me with his placement in the uh, night one is going up against uh, Shota Amino and then night two uh, be going up against Danny Duggan. Uh, you you'd kind of expect someone to come in and squash people. Is kind of the, the feel I'm getting. Someone who's they want to give two, they want to debut and give two dominant wins to. Mm. Is kind of the feel I'm getting. But it's not. I don't feel like it's going to be anyone from from New Japan. Otherwise, they'd have just announced it. Um, obviously, okay. um, I think it's probably someone European, and probably, probably someone who is suited to squashes. Is is the vibe I'm getting? <laughs> but I can't think of anyone who fits that bill who doesn't already work for <laughs> Rev Pro. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm I'm thinking about it, and like, who would make sense? And I feel like I'm missing someone obvious. Um, but <laughs> well, I, it's Avalanche. <laughs> that that's the name I was just yeah. about to say. Uh, I, I'd said squashes enough times that it kind of popped into my mind, and it would kind of work because you're seeing Volta become what it looks like he's probably going to become somewhat of a regular in Rev Pro now. And they're using Arrows of Hungry a lot as well. They're using Arrows of Hungry a lot. They've obviously had somewhat of a roster turnover. Rev Pro have, so you're probably seeing someone um, who's gonna be be new and obviously they're replacing a lot of the wwe uk uk signees so if they're looking towards europe avalanche would be a good choice there i don't think he's doing anything that weekend i haven't like checked the wxw schedule but you'd imagine if vault is over here then you know it's not out of the question that uh, avalanche could be here too so it, it it's maybe the best guess like and it would be something I'd be definitely into. I think mm -hmm. Avalanche is a guy who would do really well in Rev Pro, um, uh, and is the kind of guy where they'd bring him him in now, and he'd get like kind of hype amongst our circle, who like follows WXW, goes over for Carrot, that sort of thing. But it kind of the wider Rev Pro fan base, he probably wouldn't get a huge reaction straight away. 
but like over he's someone i could see like over a year really yeah. like building up and becoming a, a really strong part of the rev pro roster so I, i'd love to see avalanche but uh that's pretty much a complete guess the other guy who we kind of speculated on um in the the pre-recording uh as a, as a semi semi joke uh was since Kano is already over in the uk if New Japan really wanted to piss off Noah, <laughs> I mean, they're already pissed off because they stole Ishimori. But if they really wanted to piss off Noah and took Kano too, since he's already over here, you know, it, 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 but, but no, that's not happening. Like, if Kano's debuting for New Japan, it's not happening in these new these UK shows. Like, that's happening on a, on a major show. Um, but, you know, a man can dream. A man can dream. That would be very, very funny. <laughs> Like that, like it would be. It's it's one level of disrespect to to steal. You know, Ishimori was a push guy in Noah, but he was a junior, uh, and obviously juniors always get a, a level less respect. Kano has recently been Noah's champion, like heavyweight champion, um, and it would be some level of disrespect to steal him and then debut him on like these minor shows that are like against the young lion, against the young lion and semi canon. But how fun would a Kano squash of Shota Amino be, though? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd be jumping up and down if <laughs> Kano rocked out there. Um, and, like, he's yeah. here. What else is he going to be doing, you know? You know? Twiddling his thumbs, yeah. Playing Nintendo. Like, I, I, I pretty much expect him to, to be a surprise name for Fight Club Pro. I could be wrong there, but, you know, I imagine he'll, there's a good chance he'll be there. Um, so if he's still around, yeah, you know, like, you know, why, why not steal him? Why not steal him? <laughs> uh, <laughs> these are our business minds at work here. <laughs> Just why not? Who cares? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think fun. Avalanche would probably be my guess if I had to yeah. make one, but I fully expect to be entirely wrong. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a real toss up. Um, I guess obviously the main event is... Uh, the real headliner here on this card, but also obviously Walter versus Nuji Nagata is kind of a steal for this night over night two. It's sort of a, the one match us only have a ticket for night one right now. Guys can hang our hat on and be like, well, we've got the better Walter match. And obviously Nagata has sway in terms of who wrestles for New Japan. Um, so yeah, he's the guy to impress if you're going to impress anyone. Um, and yeah, these two have a style that can certainly mesh very well in my mind. Yeah, Volta Nagata, before it was announced, was never a match I, like, thought of of wanting, but then it was announced I was like, ooh, yes! Ooh, yeah, I am a huge yeah. fan of that. And like, obviously there's the the undercurrent of uh, the Yuji Nagata undefeated in Rev Pro storyline, which I'm sure we're all uh, biting our nails over, whether he can maintain the 100% undefeated record. You know, I was completely unaware of that. Um, <laughs> who's he beating? Trent Seven. Trent Seven. Pete Dunn. Pete I Dunn. I think that's it. A murderous run. It might have been back one more time, but I know for sure he's undefeated. Okay, you you keep filling, and I'll cage match. It. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, there's the the main event, of course, British Tag Team Championship match: Okada and Ishii going up against Suzuki and Sober Junior, the champions, and. Obviously, they're doing the champ, the singles title match on night two, which they also built up uh, at 
Dominion, but this is a match that they built up at Dominion as well. Um, obviously, Okada and Sabre Jr. are less so, and they're going up against each other on night two. So it's all it's all a bit of a sneaky build to night two, which is the bigger show with more seats to sell. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very, very exciting to have um, like a featured match at Dominion. Obviously not a main event by any stretch of the imagination, but you know their pull-apart brawl got some time, it got some shine, and now Suzuki and Ishii are going to go at it. And obviously Suzuki and Okada just uh, wrestled in the rain <laughs> in some very intense pictures that we've seen um, on the Twitter machine. So it'll be exciting to see some uh, exchanges between those two. This will just be, you know, Charisma Explosion main event, similar to the British Strong Style match that Sabre Jr. and Suzuki had in January. Um, but obviously going up against New Japan natives. I'm very excited to see this one, even if it is sort of sneaky just a build for night two. Have mm-hmm. we finished cage matching? <laughs> uh, we have indeed. Right. Um, uh, one thing just before um, I uh, revealed the big Yuji Nagata winning streak. Um, you, you said Manchester has more seats to sell. I, have Have you had that confirmed? I I haven't. I have not had it confirmed. I've heard it somewhere though. <laughs> because from I, what I've seen, they're fairly comparable buildings. Yeah, like if there's anything WCPW in it, it's a couple of hundred. Have run both of these buildings, I believe. Um, and I seem to remember the Manchester number being larger than any number I'd seen elsewhere. I but wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. Aw- I wasn't aware of um, P- WCPW running the Manchester venue, but they've definitely run the MK1. I could be wrong okay. there, um, but I think. Oh, I, I looked this up for for John Carroll the other day, and I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I think they're both, like, around, like, 2,200 to 2,500-ish yeah. for wrestling. Okay. So I don't think there's going to be a huge amount in it. No, it's, it's it's certainly not a big difference. So, yeah, I'll, I'll hold my hands up to that. That's just a conjecture. <laughs> but from what I... From what I've seen, the, the MK show sold better to start with I think they're both going to end up pretty much selling out. Yeah. Um, but I think the MK show did better to start with. Um, so it kind of makes sense that they did stack up the Manchester show to because, you know, it, it seems to have worked because I think they're both going to end up pretty much selling out. And, you know, two two shows of 2,500 is nothing to, to turn your nose up. Absolutely at, not. Especially for, for two towns that they've never run before. So, um Yuji Nagata win streak. It's actually at three and zero in singles yeah. matches. He also beat Zach Gibson. That's the one I was thinking of. Red noted, blue. noted WWE star. <laughs> but he has had one loss in in uh, Rev Pro. Oh no, I'm, to, I've failed myself. <laughs> but it was a tag match. Ah. And I'm not sure if he was pinned because I can't quite remember it. I was there live, but it was uh, Bushi and Naito versus the Dream Team of Keith Lee and Yuji Nagata. Ah, and I can't for the life of me remember who was pinned. No, I I will have to go back and watch the tape. But I I think it might have been Nagata, but he still has that singles run to protect. Yes, yes. I just definitely... remember him cleaning house on the New Japan on the WWE UK guys, as Yoshihashi also did. Yoshihashi def defeated Pete Dunne, which is my favorite match result ever. <laughs> that that is quite the run of of Nakata versus WWE UK guys, isn't it? He's yeah. got quite Trent Seven, Pete Dunne, Zach Gibson. Like they they've pushed maybe like what 
eight UK guys by this point. I'm not completely <laughs> up on the, the results, but you, you had the five guys in the original batch that were pushed, and then probably Travis Banks, um, Zach Gibson, and I, I don't know, probably one other in this, this last batch. So we've got about eight guys that WWE UK has pushed. Nagata has now claimed the scalps of three of them. Mm-hmm. That, that's brilliant. I love New that. New Japan midcarders are better than WWE UK main eventers. It's it, just it's scientific fact. <laughs> the the results don't lie, brother. The results don't lie. Um. So yeah, we, we need we do need to look that up. We I want to see if he's unpinned in uh, in Rev Pro. Okay, that's an important storyline. We'll get we'll get back to that on the next show. That's the um, hook um, to listen again if this is your first time. <laughs> indeed, indeed, and hopefully not your last. Although after that bit I did to start with, there's a distinct possibility, especially <laughs> if you're Irish. Um, so yeah, um, but the actual match you were discussing while I was cage matching. Okada versus Ishi, uh, Okada and Ishii versus Sabre Jr. and Suzuki. That's my most anticipated match of the whole weekend. Like, I'm a guy who loves his tag matches. Yeah. I think um, I'm of the opinion it's easier to have a great tag match than it is to have a great singles match. I would agree with that. Um, and maybe I'm not even sure singles matches peak higher. But I think singles matches more regularly get in a position to peak higher, if that makes sense. Like, the main event of the majority of, of big shows is a singles match. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they, they're more more put in a position yeah. to do well. But if if I got the choice of, like, um, to a comparable tag match with a singles match, I'm picking the tag match every single time. Uh, and Okada and Ishii... They are a very underrated team because, you know, they're, they're not like a, a super regular team. But if you look back at, at their history as a team, they've had like four or five great matches. And like their strike rate is like zero, like 0.8 or something. It's that they aren't dropping bad matches. And then Suzuki and uh, ZSJ have just great chemistry together as a tag team. Oh, yeah. Their dickhead vibes just like really flow off each other. Um, and like kind of like a you always get this the sense that while zach is this cocky dickhead he's also tr- definitely trying to impress suzuki <laughs> which is a lovely little dynamic he's like because in every other match he's like oh i'm submission master i don't care about anyone whereas like when he's in there with suzuki like you kind of get the sense like he's always looking for like a, a little pat on the back and you can kind of see yeah, him going, yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm doing well um which you know i who wouldn't love Minoru Suzuki like praising you? That that that's a lovely mm. world. Yeah, their match against the uh, British Strong Style, uh, Mustache Mountain, whatever you want to call them, back in January was yeah, it was one of my favorite matches in Britain this year, and like just off the charts charisma wise from both teams. So I sense the same kind of atmosphere from this one, um, and also it's probably going to get more time than the two singles matches on in Manchester. So as you say, yeah, it's probably. Maybe not as big a main event on paper, but it's probably going to deliver more than anything else this weekend. Like, it's it's got a great position to succeed here. Yeah, it's obviously the build to the Night 2 singles matches, because obviously they're splitting up Okada versus ESJ and then Ishii versus Suzuki for the Rev Pro title. But I'm more excited for the tag match, personally. Um, especially as the result seems more, like, up in the air. I think it's, well, I could be wrong, because they could be doing, like, a, an Okada losing streak. 
storyline after losing the title because he is a very sad boy at the moment. Um, but I am, you know, I think you're, you're fairly safe in predicting Okada to go over ZSJ. And then I, th- I guess Suzuki could be issue for the Ref Pro title, but I, I feel like it's issues fairly nailed on to retain there too. Yeah, he's, I um, mean, he's booked for the Summer Sizzler, I think. So right, <laughs> and like the the pick the the posters all have him with the title. So you know, I don't think it's completely out of the question that Suzuki wins, but you know, it, whereas the tag match going into it, I think is is one that could definitely go either way, which is you know. You can always, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible to enjoy a match where you feel like you know the outcome, but I do think it adds that little bit where you do buy into the near falls a little bit more when it is more unpredictable. Um, So I think it has that going for it. And yeah, I've just, this match is one I'm so excited for. Like, um, the sky's the limit for this one. You you mentioned the British Strong Style Mustache Mountain uh, versus Suzuki Gun tag match. I think while that was great, this one I will be disappointed if it's not even better. Oh yeah. Because definitely. I, you know, I I love Baton and Seven, but I think Okada and Ishii are better wrestlers. And I also think you had like the kind of the first act of. Um, Mustache Mountain uh, versus Suzuki Gun was comedy based, and in general, a lot of the match was kind of relying on the "Oh my God, can you believe this match is happening?" It's it's such a weird match to happen. It's two WWE UK guys with kind of like a not a I guess you could kind of say a silly sillyish gimmick, but kind of a a little bit more of a cartoonish gimmick going up against these super serious like New Japan um, like submission killer uh, guys. Which and it was kind of like a lot of the match kind of it didn't to to say it got by on that vibe would be unfair because it was a great match in its own right, but it it relied to a degree on that. Yeah, Whereas yeah. this match, I feel like they're just going to completely go all out. Yeah, and it's going to rule. The work in this one is <laughs> could be very very high tier, and obviously they don't have to like exhaust themselves doing a singles match either. Right, right, and another thing I prefer. Saber in in tags as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like um, I thought he he has grown on me in this year. I I feel like he's got more consistent in 2018 than he was in 2017 with his big singles matches, where I thought he was like 50% of the time he was hitting it out of the park and 50% of the time he was striking out. I think he's he's improved that hit rate. Um, but in in tags, I think that there's less chance for him to. To grapple fuck his way into <laughs> boredom. Um, Looking at you, the Kushida match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I will never forgive that match. Because <laughs> um, they're both so good. Anyway, uh, night two, run through the card. Uh, we have the infamous question mark, question mark, question mark going against Danny Duggan, who. Uh, is this his Rev Pro debut? I, I mean, he may have had a, a Rev Pro match way back in the day, but yeah, like, <laughs> from 2014 onwards, this, he has not been in it, so, yeah, we'll call it a debut, and if we're wrong, we're wrong. I could, I could see him, like, making a, a regular-ish shot of it at the, the bottom of cards. Yeah, definitely. Um, on RevPro, especially with the, the bit extra space that's opened up recently. Uh, then we've got uh, very authentic Young Lion action, even more authentic, <laughs> uh, Shota Amino 
uh, being schooled by Yuji Nagata in a match that is always fun, those types of matches, Nagata, like, teaching the young boys how to wrestle, that sort of deal. Um, then, in the, the junior action, we've got uh, a four-way, uh, David Starr versus El Fantasmo, who has been very much impressing recently uh, in his opportunities at RevPro, uh, versus Taiji Ishimori versus Tiger Mask 4. Um, that's... That could be fun. I'm not sure if that's for the title. I don't think it is, but I could be wrong. Um, then, again, uh, the two big lads are getting the big opportunities. We've got Chris Brooks versus Jay White and Volta versus Ujiro Takahashi. <laughs> that is a very uh, banterful match. I, 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 I'm just looking forward to, like, Ujiro swiveling his hips a little bit and then yeah. just getting chopped and like, crying. <laughs> it's um, going to be instant satisfaction. <laughs> And then, uh, as we, we've kind of half covered a lot of the, uh, the Suzuki Gun versus Chaos yeah. stuff already, but we've got uh, Desperado, Kanemaru, and Izuka versus Yoshihashi, Gado, and Yano. Um, Yano coming over for two six mans. That man knows how to work. You know, <laughs> he's he's going to be smartest in the G1 ten years from now, and yep. people will still be. And he still won't have taken ten bumps. It's it's brilliant. <laughs> He's genius, uh, even if he's not exactly my cup of tea. But um, Taichi versus Osprey, uh, ZSJ versus Okada, and Suzuki versus Ishii. Um, Okada versus ZSJ in a rematch from uh, their recent title match, and then uh, for the British title, Suzuki versus Ishii. That's yeah, it's it's big. <laughs> it it feels it feels. I think part of what like kind of justifies the New Japan tag on these shows is that this match has been built yeah. by it's, New it's Japan. It's a match. And th- these belts have been, I don't know, well, they haven't been defended in ages in New Japan, in Japan itself, but uh, they reference them a lot and they carry them out every time they're out. So they're essentially New Japan canon belts. And so, and this, as you say, this match was built up at Dominion. So... Yeah, it, it feels important and it feels part of the universe, even if some of the undercard stuff doesn't. But then, who really cares about the undercard stuff at the end of the day? Dominion, a.k.a. Road to Strong Style Evolved UK. Exactly. <laughs> you, you just had to get the title off uh, Okada so we could have his big rematch with CSJ. <laughs> you know, just throw it on Omega, just, you know, for the main show that it can be completely titleless. That, that's imp- an improvement. You had to get the title off Osprey so we could move up to heavyweight and beat Taichi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, I'm joking, but um, it's it is cool. Like maybe you know maybe that's me being a you know a New Japan fanboy, but it does feel cool to. It still feels cool. It's still novel enough to see massive new japan shows that are building to shows happening in the uk like that that still pops me um so in terms of um these cards and what i'm excited for obviously the two big singles matches i've said i'm more excited for the tag matches but they're both gonna rule yeah um are you at all disappointed in Osprey's role on these cards, given how hot a yeah, year he's had, he's not like he's. Yes, he's got two singles matches, but you know, there's nothing there that kind of jumps out to me where I'm like, wow, that's Osprey's big chance to shine. It's certainly notable, but yeah, uh, Kanemaru. Obviously, people have the Noah connection with him, but we don't really. I'm not sure about you, but I'm 
probably assuming that you don't care too much for Kanemaru. Um, and then Taichi, no. who, yeah, is obviously divisive and didn't even make it into the G1, so they've kind of already given up on his heavyweight push uh, before it even began. So Osprey is definitely carrying the star power in those two matches. And, I mean, you may have... Like, that, it may be sort of like a, a build to heavyweight and him beating Taichi. I can't see him losing to Taichi, surely. He's sort of like the big British star, along with ZSJ, but obviously he's a face. So I feel like they're going to give him two relatively easy wins and just come off like a bigger star coming out of it, having dispatched a couple of lower guys. Um, and yeah, beating a heavyweight, they always make a big deal out of that in New Japan, no matter who it is. I remember when uh, Mascara Dorada rolled up Captain New Japan and they yelled, Junior! Junior! <laughs> uh, so I feel like that's what they're doing with Osprey versus Taichi. Like, it's a bigger scalp because of the... the weight class differentiation, even if Osprey's a far, far bigger star. And a year ago, they were both juniors anyway. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, Taichi only moved up a few months ago. If it was the other way round, like, the Taichi match on night one and Kalamaru on night two, I'd have said Osprey probably loses night one after some sort of interference from Kalamaru, yeah. and then, like, gets his revenge on night two. But it would be such an anti-climax if <laughs> Taichi just rolls him up, and then we never see Osprey again <laughs> for the rest of Strong Style Evolved. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I guess what you could see, and what I don't think would be out of the question, especially if um, ha- Rev Pro is kind of booking this segment of the card... Um, since it is one of Andy Q's favourite things to do. You could see Osprey beat Kanemaru, lose to Taichi via some bullshit, Taichi trying to interfere in Okada's ESJ, and then Osprey runs out and chases off Taichi or something. Yeah, like, I, I, could, see, I yeah. could see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, they kind that, of did that a... That is out of the Andy Q playbook. Again, yeah. praise him. They, they did a similar thing when Goto was over with Zach Gibson... In an Osprey match, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another interesting thing to point out: no Bodum. No Bodum, yeah. Which? <laughs> well, I mean, he displeased the people of Japan. Exactly. On his last trip. So exactly. Maybe. <laughs> um, maybe they don't. Yeah. They it's don't amazing how reputations get around, huh? Um, yeah. Because you know, Bodum's on all the big Rev Pro shows, but. As soon as you stick a, a New Japan logo on it, someone's saying, mm, maybe not, perhaps. But, you know, maybe it's completely innocent and he's just got, like, a wedding on that day or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But if I was going to speculate... Is Josh you know, Bodum fan getting married? <laughs> you know, it, 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 burning down... Burning bridges and smashing windows isn't the, the best way to, to go about things. Um... That's, that's a phrase, right? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that one before. Any other thoughts? I think we can move on, yeah. I think we've just about said everything we need to. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's It feels very important, those main event matches, and there's some fun stuff on the undercard to sort of forgive it for being a bit more Rev Pro light or, like, Rev Pro-esque. Yeah. Uh, than perhaps people were expecting. And, I mean, you can't complain because that tag match on night one and then the Sakura Genesis main event and a, a title match they've been building up for months. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds good to me. Definitely, definitely. Um, 
Well, maybe one last thing to note would be in that they're going to two new towns and two towns without... Mm, MK especially, without like a dearth of, of wrestling. They've obviously mm. got good there and they've got a couple of IPW shows, but they, they don't have like the... Um, MK doesn't have like a wide class as like the, the top tier of, oh, of yeah, absolutely. Euro wrestling, which I'd kind of say like OTT, WXW, Rev Pro, ICW, uh, Progress, um, maybe Fight Club Pro would kind of be the, the big six-ish. Um, Milton Keynes doesn't have anyone there. Progress does, but they don't run there super regularly. They run there, what, like three times a year-ish, three or four. Um, so, you know, it would be potentially kind of cool to see um new japan coming in and and targeting the these you know big population centers but without like super regular wrestling and if they they were gonna like make some home bases it would be weird to see um milton Keynes be um new japan's european home base but it, it could work you know it could work so moving on um also this weekend that is not the end of Japanese wrestling in the UK. Um, I'm sorry for talking about Japan, which is not in the UK, etc., etc., etc. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, we also have British Puroresu, Frontline Pro Wrestling, Osprey's latest venture that isn't Lucha Forever. Um, and it is a card that I am really looking forward to seeing. It, yeah. it feels super fresh, which is saying something, because I think a lot of kind of these these mid-tier UK indies, their cards can feel very similar. Uh, you've got kind of the same 20 or so guys taking up the same, like, 16 slots in each card. And, like, what, what what's kind of ended up happening is a lot of the mid-tier indies have ended up just using all the guys that attack used two years ago basically yeah absolutely and, um yeah, progress attack and fight club pro and just <laughs> copying what they did <laughs> a year ago which is you know it it's drawing for them so you can't complain like i understand why but this card kind of does feel different enough you got an interesting enough blend you kind of got a lot of the rev pro guys but also you got obviously a handful of um a handful of New Japan guys. You've got different guys at the top of the card. One guy in particular that I'm delighted to see get such a big opportunity, who I've been harping on for, for years. <laughs> it's um, time. It's finally time. <laughs> yeah, let's get straight to it. Ridgeway versus Keno. Ridgeway is finally getting that opportunity to break out. At the same time, he's in the final of the Natural Progression series. Or was that last weekend? I can't remember. Yeah, um, that was yeah, <laughs> that just happened. But oh, I don't know the result. So demand progress yet? So you know, zip it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no spoilers. Uh, I want <laughs> to, to. To be fair, I I rag on progress booking a lot. They have like put together the perfect final for me. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Mark Davis <laughs> and Chris Ridgeway are two of my guys. Like they're 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 extremely my shit, both of them, and uh, they they both made it to the final. So I I wouldn't complain either way on that match. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think it's really cool what Osprey's done here because you could easily bring in Kano and put him up against like, uh, I don't know, looking at this card, you could easily put him up against like a Travis Banks or a Mark Haskins or a Chris Brooks or something. Someone who's like already pretty firmly established at this point at the top mm -hmm. of the UK scene. But they've what they've done is they've instead gone. We want to a have our cards be fresh, 
and give this new guy a new opportunity. B, potentially make a guy in Chris Ridgeway. I, you know, as I said, I, I think he's already well on his way to, to getting there, but this could be the thing that puts him over the top. And and C, I'm not sure if I did numbers or ABC before that, but whatever. <laughs> um, but C, Ridgeway is like the perfect stylistic match for Keno. Oh, like, completely. Yeah. Those two just go together perfectly. They're gonna they're gonna kick each other's backs very, very, very hard, and it's gonna be a hell of a time. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna make Chris Ridgeway. This is this is what you've been waiting for. This is what you've been hyping him up for <laughs> for three three years uh, for this match and this performance. No pressure or anything, Chris. Yeah, don't let me down, damn it. I <laughs> I'll be very disappointed. But no, I have no doubt that that you know. The floor for this match is very, very good, yeah. and I think the ceiling is pretty much as high as it gets. Like, I, yes, I mean, stylistically, it's going to look very, very good. Like, what, whatever the match is, it's going to look pretty. It's going to look aesthetically pleasing. Like when they came out with the the tagline of British Puroresu, I think a lot of people kind of groaned, myself included, yeah. especially is, that should be though, <laughs> especially following Lucha Forever and you know whatever that yeah. ended up being. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that wasn't... This is different. It's not just Osprey's latest favour of the month. That obviously fell apart for reasons related to personal reasons with Ryan Smile, etc., etc. I don't know the full story, so I'm not going to speculate. Um, but, you know, if you're going to, like, throw that perhaps groan-worthy tagline out, you have to come up with a match like this, and it makes you go, you know what? fair play not only have you got a japanese person in you've put him in there with a british guy who fits that exact style like this is this is a match that's gonna feel more like a japanese match than we don't exactly have too much of a house style in the uk but if we did have one it's not this if if you get me oh yeah the house style is kind of um sort of tapping your nose, uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And, like, great athleticism, but less focus on, like, I guess, raw power and, like, fighting spirit. I know that's another eye-rolly term, but... <laughs> I, I guess if we had a house style, it would either be crowd brawls <laughs> or PWG, like, style. Like, you, you get a, a kind of... Most matches will fit into one of those two in most of the like bigger UK mm. promotions. Obviously, there are exceptions. I think the the Rev Pro House style is actually quite different to, um, say, Progress. Even when they were using quite similar rosters, you'd get like different styles of matches, which was always yeah, fun. Um, but the card they've put together here is one, and especially the main event that that makes you go, you know what? Fair play. You've you've tagged yourself that you you've thrown British Puroresu, um, which has potential to be embarrassing, but you've come up with a match that that's that fits it, um, and a match that I'm sure will be brilliant. I am so looking forward to this, and I am very much enjoying uh, looking forward to a bit being able to be there live. Um, now, as for the rest of the card, uh, the Japanese talent does not stop there. We've got uh, Naoki Tanizaki versus Mark Haskins uh, in what should be uh, a pretty fun match. And, you know, uh, two ex-Dragon Gate guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got Tony Storm versus B Priestley. Uh, obviously, both of them have spent time in Japan recently. Uh, Rampage Brown versus... Oh, no. 
Not Rampage, Not Rampage Brown. Brown anymore. Rob we've, Lynch. We've got a big return coming, Rob. <laughs> Rob Lynch versus the returning to London s- sticks. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's going to be something. It's going to be something. It's it may not be good, be a but it's going to be something. It's um, going to certainly happen. Like I'm not, I'm not that high on Rampage Brown. I know there are people who absolutely adore Rampage Brown. I think he's a guy that you know. For me, he hovers. If we're going to throw star ratings out, he seems his realm is like between two and a half stars and three and a half stars. He rarely like super disappoints you, but I can't remember a match I've ever gone. Wow, that was a great Rampage Brown match. Um, Rob Lynch, I do enjoy a lot. But to manage to replace Rampage Brown, who is a guy I'm not that high on, and for me to be so disappointed says all you need to know about Sticks. Um, I am not a heavyweight House of Pain fan. <sighs> Which is unfortunate because I've just spent the last three years in Nottingham and he's been all over all of those cards. Um, <laughs> but moving on from that match, uh, because I'm into all the other matches on the card, we've got Eminem... Um, uh, Mills and Mayhew? Mayhew, no? indeed, yeah. Yeah, Mayhew. Um, you got it. I was not zoomed in enough to be able to read the individual <laughs> names, and I do not watch enough uh, progress lower cards to know them off by heart. Uh, but the little I have seen from, from these two, they're, they're solid, they're sloppy, but they work hard, and you can't complain too much. And then they're going up against a team which I have very mixed feelings about, uh, <laughs> Wild Boar, who I absolutely adore, and I'm really happy to see him getting the opportunity, and Flash Morgan Webster, who I don't. Joe Lanza's favourite wrestler, Flash oh. Morgan Webster. <laughs> it, uh, mm, um, Look, if you haven't watched The Inbetweeners... <laughs> here's the thing, I haven't watched The Inbetweeners. I've never seen an episode of The Inbetweeners, which I realise is weird for a British person my age, but I am a weird person. Um... I just... No, you know what? You know what? That's unfair. He's fine. No, um, yeah, he's good, but it's just something about him. <laughs> like, could... it's the look, it's the sort of... It's... I don't even know. I can't even put my finger on it. Uh, but he's just not a star. He doesn't have any star power. He's a, a pr- preliminary effing wrestler. <laughs> and a very good one at that, but... Yeah, yeah he, he's a guy who consistently give you three and a half star matches, but he's... As you say, I, I really don't like his look, um, which, you know, I, I realise to a degree he can't help it. Obviously, to a degree he entirely can. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he he's doing the mod gimmick, which I don't like. But I think, you know, you can't fault his commitment to the gimmick because, it you know, it's not a gimmick. He is actually a mod. Um, God knows why in 2018, but whatever. Um, but... He's consistent. He will consistently deliver you three and a half star matches, which is nothing to turn your nose up at. But it's something I just see him like announced, and I kind of go, "Ugh, really?" Um, him? I, I guess it's kind of that he's put in positions of he's put in positions that make make you think that the promoter thinks he's a great wrestler. <laughs> and I, like he'll yeah. get like. Keith Lee matches. It's it's and... very yeah. The Keith Lee stuff annoyed me because of the size difference, and, and it he... just it it wasn't wrestled in a way that befitted the size difference. As like I, we've like talked to Christian Yakobi about how he always like ma- like manufactures a match to work in 
of a size difference between opponents, whatever that may be. Uh, and, he, and he beat and Volta. Yeah. He beat Volta. <laughs> Volta loses to kind of lanky uh, mid-card wrestlers. <laughs> he lost to Ethan Keogh last year, and <laughs> he lost to Flash Morgan Webster. Those are the types he's like kryptonite to. And PCO. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> um, who does definitely not fit that description. No. Um, and, and he gets like the spots of... Like, he's getting PWG bookings, and it's like... I don't, like, begrudge him it, but there's so many better guys in the UK who could be getting that spot. And it's like, yeah, whatever. But then Joe Lanza and his tight his ilk <laughs> that sounds really negative to say his ilk <laughs> ilk is never a positive word but joe lanza likes him so he must be doing something right mm, i i think his his quote was like we discussed this in the in the slack i'm not sure you were there um when i i called him out on his horrible flash take saying he was really good he was and he he was basically saying he thought flash came across a lot better on NXT UK than he does in progress. Yeah. And I can't comment on that because I haven't watched NXT UK yet. Um, it's actually happening as we're recording currently. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of discuss that in more depth on the next episode. Um, but, yeah, it... We spent way too much time on this like undercard match. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I happy think we to were see... just waiting for the first chance to jump on the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I feel mean because he's good. Uh, it's just he's not great, and I want him to be I, great. I guess we're I left guess. scratching our heads as to like why he's. Yeah. He gets cons- <laughs> pe- people think he's great, and it confuses me, and I don't like being confused. That's why I don't like him. Um, yeah. We're very confused by <laughs> Flash. <laughs> Shall we move on to the his, next match? <laughs> matches don't flow, damn it. They just don't flow. Um, I think we were going to say that Wild Boar was good, though. <laughs> yes, I'm happy to see Wild Boar in, get an opportunity. Because yeah, he ha- um, just hasn't been booked anywhere. He doesn't like, get booked good matches, in enough but... places. And he's, like, he's he's so much better than Flash. <laughs> Maybe he has to like, work weekends at the shoot job. I don't know. Yeah, why isn't he in Rev Pro or somewhere like that? He'd be awesome. And why why was he in progress and then not in progress when he's better than like so many other people they book? Oh well, I mean, P- progress will say you're an amazing wrestler and then not use you for a year. So <laughs> mm, yeah, this is just yeah. this is just turning into bury everyone. <laughs> Moving on, Adam Brooks, <laughs> the disappointing Aussie. Um, <laughs> no, he's he's fine, but he's another guy who. I think because he was associated with Osprey for so long, people kind of almost automatically said, oh, he's obviously Australia's best wrestler because he's the one getting booked in PWG. He's he's all that. And he's like, you know, of, of the even of the, the Aussies who have made it over to the UK, he's towards the bottom of the, the pile um, because guys like Mark Davis are way better because Mark Davis is an amazing pro wrestler. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, we've got the Euro draft coming up, and <laughs> eyes are on the prize for Mark Davis. <laughs> like, Let's just say he—he's one of my guys. Like, I, yeah, there, there's not too many guys that I go all in on. Um, and you know, if if we're we're looking back to the beginning of the pop, podcast, I've got a pretty good hit rate. I was on the Will Osprey train before most people. I was on the Pete Dunne train before most people. I was on the Zach Gibson train pretty early. 
uh, Chris Ridgeway, hopefully, is finally coming good now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think he's been great, but he's finally getting the opportunities to, like, show it to a wider audience now. Um, who else? Ilya Dragunov. If you look back, I'll, you guys called me crazy for, for drafting Dragunov so early on the first Euro draft, and then look where we are now. Um, I, I mean, I guess I could say Tyler Bate, but, like, I, that, that feels a bit nah. dirty. Because <laughs> I think everyone. Yeah. I was on him early, but that's because I saw him early. I got to see him have a match with Chris Hero in Nottingham in, like, 2013 or something ridiculous, when he was, like, 16 or something stupid. But the thing is, with Bate, was every time whoever got to see him, the first time everyone saw Bate, they all went, wow, he's going to be amazing. So I don't, I feel, I feel harsh, like, I feel dirty saying I was on the boat early, uh, on the train early with him. But, you know, I've got to, you know, to, to to pat my own back, you know, to, to do a bit of a Barry Horowitz, I've got a pretty good hit rate. I've got a pretty good hit rate, and I'm all in on Mark Davis. Um, so, yeah, Adam Brooks and Aussie Open going up against CCK. Um, return of Kid Lycos. Is this his first match back, or has he had a few? Mm, I think, yeah, he might have had an attack match. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I, I don't think any of them have made tape yet, or certainly not come across my desk. So this will probably be my first time seeing him, certainly seeing him live since his injury. The the recently returned Lycos, like, uh, yeah. at any degree, uh, teaming up with Chris Brooks and Travis Banks. Um, that should be a really fun match. Uh, I'm, oh yeah, definitely. I enjoy I, a good trio. I like trios. the way this card is structured with the undercard tags and then moving on to... Um, the bigger singles matches, and obviously sort of focusing more on the the Japanese talent or the guys and girls who've wrestled in Japan. And then we've got what what feels like will probably be the opener: uh, Damian Dunn and Kip Sabian versus El Fantas. Or oh, is this a six? Is this a four way or a tag match? I can't actually I tell. I think it's a tag match. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Maybe. I feel like this could be a four-way just because of how the names are laid out compared yeah, to the other ones. Yeah, the guys in it. <laughs> but yeah, I f- it seems like it's a tag match. There's no like delineation that it isn't. So, Well, for the other tag matches, they've got the names side by side, whereas for this one, they've got them stacked on top of each other. So... Mm, hmm. That's true, yeah. Well, I like all the guys in it. Obviously, Kelly Six also plays into the whole uh, British PRSO thing because he was in K-Dojo which is my favourite promotion, but I never watch. Uh, El Phantasmo, as you say, he's really coming up now. He's Kyle O'Reilly's best friend. He's he's Kyle O'Reilly's best friend, indeed. But he's so much more than that after a year of being here. (laughs) And Kyle O'Reilly was in Japan, so he completely fits the bill. Oh, yeah. yeah. He ties in as well. He checks out. Um, Damien Dunn's just gone full-time, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how far he can develop now. And Kip Sabian, he's also... uh, getting some good stuff in as well. So yeah, all four of these guys are sort of bubbling under. Um, they're of the smaller variety, I believe, all of them, but uh, it should be exciting to see what they can do. And again, it plays into the whole undercard sort of flippier stuff, and then we'll move on to the the big-time heavy hitter singles matches. And that main event is is sweet as a nut. Get your katakana out, boys. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it's a really cool card, and it's it's one I'm. I think it's a great way to start a promotion, and I hope they they continue to go um, with like this caliber of card because it's it's something I'm definitely into, and I think it it also brings something else to the to the UK scene, um, which you know many would say is already 
uh, oversaturated. But I think this brings something else that you're not really seeing too many other places. Yeah, it's a great rebound from Lucha Forever for Osprey. Like he's earning a lot of good boy points now. Like he's he's sort of toned down the stupidness on Twitter. Um, he's being smarter, both like and like he's wrestling incredible matches as well. That doesn't do any harm to your reputation. And this has been very well managed so far. Like it's it's him. You can sort of see it on the page. Like um, even the way the match graphics are and having the katakana text. He's uh, <laughs> like it's Osprey's sort of dorky influences all over it. Oh, hundred um, percent. And <laughs> I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what like his vision is sort of unabated because I feel like Butcher Forever was a bit of a compromise for him, whereas this is purely his project. Yeah, um, you had the the flow slam debacle, and oh, then yeah, the problems yeah. with arenas, and then probably getting a bit too over ambitious with the amount of shows they were looking to run, and then obviously whatever happened with Ryan Smile happened too. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, I've been I've been doing a lot of New Japan catch up recently because I've recently finished university. I was very behind on a lot of wrestling, and I've been doing a lot of catching up now that I've got my freedom. Uh, post exams and so I've been watching a lot of um, Will Ospreay this guy <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm so glad that people are finally re- realising that this guy's a generational talent like we are so lucky to have been able to see him come up because this like I remember it, I don't know when it was but like people people were saying like Ah, Osprey will maybe spend a bit less time on the UK indies, but but someone like Ryan Smile will completely fill the void. Bullshit, bullshit. Like Osprey is so special. Like pe- I remember Flash Morgan Webster. That may be part of why I hate him. People were saying Flash Morgan <laughs> Webster would replace Will Osprey. Will yeah. Osprey is a special talent. Oh he yeah. He is. I, I don't feel afraid in saying he is one of the best people to ever start wrestling. I'm not saying he's best one, but he is one of the most gifted wrestlers we have ever seen. Yeah, like and his I don't athletic think that's hyperbole. Ridiculous, and like his mind only works in wrestling, and you can just you can see just how much he understands about it now that he's been doing it for a while. Like he he had so much like natural ability, and now he's able to focus it through like because he's worked with so many amazing wrestlers himself, and he's learned from them really really well like it's i'm so so glad he's turned out really really well because i mean uh, as soon as we saw him we both knew he was an ex- like he was gonna be a, a great wrestler if he could just like focus on it and you know some of his peers haven't been able to do the same they've sort of stuck like their growth has stunted or he hasn't they haven't been able to become like big stars but he's not only become a big star like he's like <laughs> we sort of said it jokingly but oh they're gonna bring him up to heavyweight but almost certainly i feel like now new japan are gonna have to push him as a heavyweight at some point and a top star at that um i'm not sure about that but i think he's so at such a level that he's not like often what would happen in the past is a junior would lose the belt and then they they would stop being in storylines yeah and they would stop being in like any featured sort of featured matches until they got back into the title picture. I don't think they can do that with Osprey anymore. He's yeah. too big. Like no, they'll yeah. have to have a second, uh, two junior storylines running at once, two mm. junior single storylines running at once, which, you know, 
it's something they should have been doing all the time because you know that's how you build a division how do you make challenges if you've only got one title storyline running at once but that's a complete tangent but he's got over to that degree that if they don't move him up to heavyweight which you know i think is somewhat realistic i'm not i don't think they're they're that close to moving him up Uh, i could be wrong of course but um I think they're still they're going to find things for him to do, even if he's not got yeah. the title in the title he, He's picture. too good not to. And I think over the last year or so, you've you've like it's become undeniable how great a mind this guy has for wrestling. He's not just a great athlete, and god damn it, he is a great athlete. Um, but the amount he cares about wrestling, the amount he cares about putting on great matches, is ridiculous because he will come back to the UK on some small show. And some show that he really, in reality, he shouldn't be booking himself for. He should be resting up. But he'll go out there and put on a fucking four-star match. (laughs) Because he cares so much about putting on great matches. And not only that, he's got such a great mind for wrestling. He'll he'll have these matches that aren't just great athletic spectacles. They're, They're these matches where they're playing off the 12 previous matches he's had with people. So many callbacks. He puts so much thought into wrestling and he's mm-hmm. so damn yeah, good at that's it that's what makes him special and people like rag on him because he screams a bit in his matches and fair enough like i i, I think it's well, a he's bit a dramatic guy too. he's he's and like a i'd prefer it if he screamed toned down the screaming a bit and saved it more for more impactful um areas of the match but if you're really letting that make you hate his wrestling then i think you're just being silly to be honest because you're you're missing out on one of the best wrestlers in the world currently and honestly one of the best wrestlers in the world ever and he's still so young and like yes maybe the scream is dragging down his matches a tiny bit but that's from like five stars to four and three quarters like if you can't still appreciate the man then something like yes he can be dumb on Twitter. Yes, he's bad at social media, but it, you, you're missing out if you're not appreciating how damn good he is and how damn good he's been for so long now at such a young age. We have been privileged to, to see him him come up in, in live in front of us. And, yeah. like, there's a lot of talent on the UK scene, but... It will. I think it will probably be a while before we see someone as good as Osprey come up through it. Yeah, he he cares so damn much <laughs> about wrestling, and it it shows through. Um, like you say, he comes back to Britain and kills himself on tiny little shows, but he doesn't need to just because he wants to, and that is that's his brain, that's his life. Um, but also, he does projects like this, and you can sort you can see that passion and that sort of that weirdness that <laughs> only he has come through in this so it's definitely a vision that i kind of share with him um yeah it's 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 definitely our type of wrestling and our out what we want to see from it um rather than something more like nxt uk (laughs) yeah he so obviously cares about wrestling he cares about independent wrestling yeah like that's a big word he's he takes pride in that he's helped elevate the uk scene and maybe that's partly a bit of ego but, you know, he's so good. Like, how can you be that good without having some level of ego? It's not like he's this super arrogant guy. He's, he's you know, he, 
especially in his his own work, he'll t- take losses to everyone and anyone to, if he thinks it will help get them over and he likes them. Um, like that's that's a, a theme of him. He, he he gets beaten like a drum, especially last year. Um, and he he puts on shows like this. And uh, do you remember when he was over in? He first went over to Australia and he did that speech and like we all kind of laughed at it a bit because it was like, yeah. well, it was a very Osprey speech, but you can <laughs> tell the passion there. Mm. Like you, he he what he he believed what he said, even if it didn't turn out to be true. He really wanted to. <laughs> he was proud of what he was able to do with the UK scene, and obviously it wasn't just him, but he was a large part of it, um, helping the the UK scene grow to what it is now from where it was in like 2010. He was a significant part in that that growth, and he wanted to help do the same thing in Australia. And, you know, it hasn't necessarily worked out fully. You know, he he claimed he was going to go over and live in Australia, and that didn't play out. But I fully believe, at the time he said that, he he fully intended to do that. Um but if there's one fault you can say of Osprey, it's that he, he his plans perhaps occasionally lack focus, um, long term focus. It's got the passion there, even but if it doesn't always come off. The like, passion he there <laughs> is undeniable, uh, and his care for the independent wrestling scene. Yeah. And that's what we want. That is what we identify with. That independent <laughs> like idea, that belief. Like, and and the love like for. For the Irish scene that he has, yeah, yeah, uh, like he wears the little tags on his on his belt, and yeah, it, and you know, to be fair, he's he's probably actually done a decent amount for the Australian scene by bringing over, like, he's helped Australian guys break out more internationally by like. Getting them booked in Rev Pro and that sort of thing. He gave them the getting them booked in PWG. <laughs> exactly. He's. I don't know, man. I've got. I've got. I've, I realise I've gone off on a rant there. Oh no, it's good. It's good. But uh, <laughs> I don't... yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know how to how to finish that one, but frontline is good. <laughs> frontline is good. We're we're, we're excited. Will Ospreay's passion for British professional wrestling is amazing, and I love it. Basically, Sticks is coming back. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Now you put me on a down. Now you put me on a down. <laughs> um, so the 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 final show of this week, we'll, we'll just polish that off. Um, that kind of is sandwiched between these two. Um... Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. These two Puroresu shows... Uh, is Fight Club Pro's International Techers show, which is one of their their big four, uh, along with Project Mayhem, uh, the Infinity Tournament, and uh, what's the last one? Dream Tag Team Invitational. Um, they're they're kind of the the, the the four big signature events that um, Fight Club Pro holds pretty much every year. Um, so we've got Will Ospreay versus Tyler Bate. Um, 
which is a match that I am super looking forward to as you know I don't need to go into how much I enjoy Osprey because I just did <laughs> um but that's a match between two you know if there's one ta- young talent who's close to Osprey it's probably Tyler Bates um and I guess you could expand on kind of the the passion for the UK uh indies and passion for wrestling thing by kind of looking at the comparison between you know I enjoy Bate a lot. I think Brett Bate's brilliant. But a lot of the time when he's on these UK indie shows, he is kind of taking a day off, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I meant by the whole, like, the house style of Brit Ress's sort of tongue-in-cheek, and then that's kind of uh, British Strong Style's fault, <laughs> because all of their matches are twee bullshit, <laughs> shall we say. Uh-huh. And, yeah, Bate, Bate is very, very good, but, yeah, he'll, he probably won't kill himself um, on smaller shows. <laughs> he'll rely on shtick. And you know what? I'm not ragging on him for that. That's oh, smart. Oh, no, absolutely not. That's, that's what, That's what you're supposed to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love Osprey because he does he does provide such brilliance so often, but I can't deny that what, what Tyler Bates doing is the smart thing to do. Like, um, But th- this is a match that if they do work hard, and I get the feeling they will... Yeah, this is a match that Bates will show up for. <laughs> like, ooh, this... This should be tasty. This should mm-hmm. be tasty. Um, then we've got uh, Jordan Devlin versus Naoki Tanazaki. Uh, Jordan Devlin's on a hell of a run at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tanazaki's never a guy I've been super, super into, but, you know, he's he, he's he's always reliable for a good match, that's for sure. Yeah, and he's having fun in the UK, so... And I'm excited to see what he can do uh, outside of uh, the environment of... You know, I've got to be honest, I haven't seen him since he's left Dragon yeah, Gate. Yeah, I, I have not been watching my Dove Pro. <laughs> so maybe maybe he's killing it there and I'm I'm missing out. But uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah, he'd probably be better outside of like the second match on a Dragon Gate show mixed in with like seven other people trying to get their shit in in five minutes. <laughs> he has right. more room to breathe on this tour. Like, even when he was Brave Gate champion, I was never super into him, but Dragon Gate in general... Their house style is very hit and miss for me. There's there's yeah. there's very few guys like I enjoy their tag matches in general, but there's very few guys on that roster who have singles matches that I reliably enjoy. It's like uh, who uh, Mochizuki, Sima. I, I don't even <laughs> Yoshino doesn't even do it for me in singles. I love him in tags. Shima, Shima isn't even <laughs> Dragon Gate. Anymore. He's not even in Dragon Gate. Well, he's in Dragon Gate. What is it? Dragon Gate Entertainment. Ink. Ink. Entertainment's the other one. Um, but, yeah, I enjoy S- Shima, Mochizuki, Eita, who also is not in Dragon Gate, and <laughs> uh, Kagatora, and that's kind of it in singles matches. Maybe... Kagatora's good. <laughs> maybe Big R2, Big R2, actually. Big R. Um, Big Kagatora fan, huh? But anyway. this this is this is not British wrestling. I'm, yeah, exactly. We're uh, gonna get we're gonna get we are off. We, we're gonna get subtweeted by uh, Dragon Gate uh, Inc is gonna <laughs> subtweet us by D, by uh, Jay, uh, and he's gonna say we are Japanese. <laughs> oh dear, uh, the beef is strong. <laughs> it's you know, I, I don't really care. I, I mean, I guess you you may care because it was actually directed at you, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
it's it's only a bit i don't actually care i'm you know <laughs> i'm not gotten to as all the people who are gotten to always say but um mm-hmm. yeah uh, i just think it's it was a funny thing that occurred to, to <laughs> clarify things i have no beef with ott and whatever um then we've got a four-way um david star amari speedball mike bailey and el phantasmo this is cool. Like this, they're booking some guys that aren't always like. I, I don't know. It feels fresh. I guess. Um, yeah, Omari is sort of the, the one thing they can hang their hat on in terms of like unique matchups that they can make. Um, the only problem is they gave him the Infinity Tournament win and have done nothing with him since. I thought that was going to be like a, a a moment where they would turn Omari into sort of their star, like their Jordan Devlin kind of thing, and they just haven't, and they've been relying on the Twee bullshit all year, and, I mean, they've basically been off our radar completely because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they usually turn it up at least to a degree for the, the kind of big four shows. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But we've got, a, I guess we've kind of got a small sample size, because Fight Club Pro as it is currently, has only been in existence for, like, kind of a year and a half. Before that, it was <laughs> essentially a different company because their, their their style was completely different, their booking was completely different, their yeah. vibe was completely different. It went from, the, like, the, the gritty The Planet Nightclub to... in Wolverhampton was <laughs> not a pleasant place to be in. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, but, you know, you've got David Starr there, who, who still feels fresh in Fight Club. You've got Phantasmo, who hasn't been booked everywhere yet so he still feels fresh consistently and then obviously as you said amari so that that's that should be a real fun four way and then finally we've got besties in the world making the trip over versus millie mckenzie and pete dunn this should be solid i i like fitcher uh vega doesn't do a huge amount for me but he's better in tags than in singles and then you know mckenzie's good um i think Probably an unpopular opinion. I think she gets a little overhyped, perhaps. But you know, for for how little she's been wrestling, she's amazing. But yeah, she's the, very good for her level of experience. I think that's undoubted. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think she's got a hell of a lot of potential. But yeah. it, it's the degree she gets hyped is like one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. I like maybe maybe like you know to steal a Lanzarism, and maybe pump the brakes on that one a little bit. <laughs> but uh, you know, she's very good. Uh, and then obviously. Pete Dunn is Pete Dunn. So, what can you say? You're not tempted to attend this show, Rob. Uh, <laughs> get trapped in Wolverhampton for the night. I, I, what if I got trapped in there for, for a whole week by accident and uh, <laughs> missed the New Japan shows? No. No. It's it's too risky, yeah. <laughs> yeah free wrestling shows in a week is, is good for me. Like, uh, and you know, I've, I've got to got to keep up with the World Cup. This is my my full time job course, now. Of course, <laughs> sports betting. I, I can't be slacking too much. So yeah, there should be. It looks like a fun card of what's announced so far. As we said, we haven't been super into Fight Club Pro. It's hashtag not our brick rest, um or not our Euro graps uh, recently. But uh, the card looks fun. The card looks fun. Do you have any tips? Do we, uh, um, not too much on Fight Club Pro. Um, do we want to get into NXT UK, though? <laughs> do, do you have any strong opinions, first of all? If you have any, launch into them and I'll, I'll um, respond. 
Well, I suppose the thing is to always keep in mind that I'm happy for the guys um, who are getting paid because, <laughs> you know, for a lot of them, you know, WWE is the goal and, you know, they don't kind of, they don't think like Will Ospreay does, like I'm going to kill myself <laughs> for independent wrestling and <laughs> I don't care if I go out on my shield or whatever. Um, you know, they're in it for, uh, you know, get into WWE, do their stuff and, you know, make a living off of it. And that's admirable, but it's certainly not really uh, what I look for, I guess. But, you know, for a guy like El Ligero, who's been killing himself for years and years and years to finally get, like, the TV break that he's been looking for um, and to, like, get the contract, like... It's good for him, certainly. Like, he can make a living now off of that for a while, and, <laughs> you know, that's always been his goal. Um, but in terms of, like, the big picture, big business stuff, I'm going to make a Yakuza 0 analogy, and in that game you can sort of take a wad of money out of your wallet, chuck it up into the air, and have, and, like, avoid fights, because the people will go running for the money instead of come fight you. That is essentially what Triple H is doing to Britress right now. He's chucked a wad of money at it, and everyone's gone scrambling <laughs> without really, like, thinking, <laughs> like, just diving in without even thinking. Um, and, like, some of the deals, like the like the IOU one tryout deals that some of the, pe- some of the guys got um, are sort of, <laughs> you know, very anti-competitive um, and very cynical poised to get them away from World of Sport, and that is kind of what this is for for WWE. It's... Uh, you know, stifling World of Sport in its bed before it can even get going and breathe and, you know, targeting guys like Ligero and Mastiff and you kind of see it with, like, Mark Coffey getting <laughs> getting into NXT UK, like, there's no way Triple H was loading up ICW on demand and going, Mark Coffey, that's my guy I'm gonna sign him tomorrow um, it's because he worked World of Sport <laughs> and they don't want World of Sport to use any of the talent that they used at their special um, so, looking at it cynically, it's certainly hashtag not my graps, as you say. Um, I haven't actually watched the shows yet, um, I'm hearing good things in, to- in ring-wise, so I think we'll definitely have to cover it at-, at some point, in some vein on the next show, even if just briefly, um, and, you know, give it its due, but in terms of, like, the big picture business aspect, uh, yeah, I'm sort of holding my hands up and <laughs> saying I'm not that into it. So I'm kind of conflicted, if I'm honest. Like, um, from one standpoint, um, how to start? Right, so obviously there's the the business aspect, and I don't like the predatory aspect of it. I don't, you know, Mm. I think competition is important in, you know, capitalism in general, and the anti-competitive practices of WWE are not something I'm supporting. Um... However, on a more micro level, I am happy for the guys if they are happy with what they've signed. Now, obviously, you can make fun of the the contracts all they want. Maybe a a lot of these contracts, it's not actually going to be making them more money. Uh, They're actually maybe going to be taking a pay cut. And maybe they're gambling on the potential for them to make it into WWE in the long run. But if you do look at the the last batch of signings, they signed, what, 20-ish people? To UK contracts last time, roughly at least sixteen, right? Um. Well, obviously the the original five, and then this one. Yeah, it's probably no, in like, that ballpark. Like the um for the the original tournament, 
That was a 16-person yeah. tournament, right? And they yeah, had so, some yeah. alternates, I believe. Yeah. So let's say there was roughly 20 people. Five of them made it work. The other 15 didn't really work out for them. Like, Andrews it worked out for. Wolfgang it worked out for. Um, and then, obviously, the three members of British Strong Style it worked out for. Although, you, in terms of buzz-wise, you could perhaps say Trent Seven was a question mark because, like... Was he already heading there at the moment? And it's not like he's, compared to, like, Baton and Dunn, it's not like he's been a big, big deal in WWE. He doesn't feel like he's on the verge of, like, signing a WWE contract, contract like it, it feels like, uh, like a full-time WWE contract, um, where it's perhaps felt that way with um, Dunn or Bait at times. Um, but I, I think it's fair to say, like, it's worked out for five of them. Um Whereas the other 15, it perhaps didn't work out for. Now, of that 15 that it didn't work out for, you could perhaps break it down into people that they weren't going anywhere anyway. Like the, the Sam Gradwells of the world, like it's not like they were, it stifled their buzz at all signing these WWE contracts. Like they didn't have any to begin with and they got a little bit at the time of the tournament and then nothing since. Um, so, you know, it, it, wor it worked for some people. It didn't work for everyone, uh, I think would be a fair summation of the first batch of, of guys who signed um i don't think the batch of guys who've signed this time are as talented there are guys who are very good as i said I, i'm big on zach gibson i think travis banks mm, he's good he's he perhaps sometimes tries too hard to be great if you get me but um i think he's a good wrestler definitely uh you've got guys like el Ligero who were you know, you've got a whole host of guys um, who were signed for this tournament who are solid wrestlers. Like, they're consistently will grind you out three to three and a half star matches. Solid, reliable, good hands. Uh, you ha perhaps don't have the, like, the high-end guys like Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate and Mark Andrews who you had last time. Yeah, so it works out for some guys. It doesn't work out for others. Um, now, you can get into the, the, um, the intricacies of the... Uh, the contracts and a lot of people have had a laugh about some of the contracts and the, like they're getting paid you know very small amounts they're not you know th these you know you think of a wwe deal you sign a wwe get deal and you're going to get good money a lot of these contracts don't seem to be that uh to to put it bluntly uh and people laugh at like the the iou one tryout thing but you know looking at it from a you know an economic standpoint, uh, which is, you know, what I have my degree in. Uh, <laughs> qualified opinion. <laughs> I uh, got the result yesterday. I'm, I'm definitely qualified now. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Graduate. Good stuff. Well, Congratulations, Rob. Mid-podcast, mid round of applause. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but, like, from a kind of utility standpoint, money isn't the only thing that people gain from work obviously and there's a lot of wrestlers who their goal in life as you said will have to be to sign for wwe and that will earn them a lot of utility for themselves they will they will get a lot of self-worth in having been able to achieve their goal a lot of you know outside of the wrestling sphere wwe is wrestling so for them to be able to tell their friends and family, I have been signed by WWE, will perhaps 
people will, you know, their friends and family will go, oh, wow. Like, we always thought you were kind of like, we were always just waiting for you to finally give up this weird hobby you have. But you have kind of made it. And maybe that is worth it for them, even if it's not the best financial decision. It's very philosophical of you, Rob. Like, people sign these contracts for their own reasons. And as long as they're happy with the terms of them, then I'm never going to begrudge them. Even yeah. if, you know, even if I know for a fact that they could be earning more money elsewhere, or, you know, maybe some of them have been offered more money elsewhere. But they're they're either gambling on themselves and that they're hoping they can be one of the five from this batch who become, you know, the the next Trent Seven or whatever um, from the last batch of guys, or maybe they just they just want to be able to say they've been signed to WWE and that means a lot to them. Um, so I don't begrudge anyone who signed it. Now one of the things I'm not a huge fan of is that, and this has been like said from multiple sources now. Um, there are guys who, when they signed their contract, they were, they asked, will I still be able to work everywhere in the UK? And they were told yes. There are promoters who asked, um, you know, called up WWE directly and asked if my talent signs these contracts, am I still going to be able to use them? And they were told yes. And then after signing them, they are not allowed to use them anymore. RevPro and Defiant being the main two. I'm not sure if there's any others. I think it's just those two at the moment, but And obviously who knows? World of Sport. And World of Sport, of course. But, I, you know, do you even count them as a promotion? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they're a tea time nothing. I think that's kind of dirty. Um, in the, Yeah, it's disingenuous, to say the least. At some level, um, it's like it's on the people who sign the contracts, because if they're... If they're not getting, if if they're asking this but not getting it down in writing in the contract, then on some degree it's on them. But at the same time, it's it's a giant company like WWE coming to you know um, who was one of like the the first round losers in this year's tournament? Who's um... a small name? Uh, Amir Jordan. Yeah, like, Amir Jordan isn't going to be going to WWE and say, uh, can you get this clause in the contract, like, changed properly? Yeah, let's be honest. Then like, you're going for a hike. <laughs> then they'll say, uh, okay, we'll take away that contract. Uh, we'll get working on that other contract for you, and they never get back, or something like that. So, you know, it, to some degree it's on them, but on the, the other degree it does still come across kind of dirty to me. Um, I think, like... You can, un- like, I I obviously understand why people who are signed to WWE full-time aren't allowed to work other places. Of course, you're not. Like, they have a full schedule. And even to a degree, people who work NXT, I understand why they don't work other places. Because, you know, the Lager Loop is kind of somewhat full-time. Um, and in theory, they are supposed to be at the Performance t- Centre all the time. So it, it makes sense why why they're exclusive. Um, now, why they're not allowed to work places that they have a relationship, like Evolve or Progress, I mean, it seems a bit weird, but whatever. Um, you can understand that. These, like, promise ring contracts, mm. them restricting where you're able to work when there's not much money in them to begin with, that seems a bit dirty. But as I said, if the people who signed them are happy with signing them, they're consenting adults, then go for it. 
But it's when they are told one thing and then after they'd signed the reality is another that's dirty and yeah basically wwe is the problem here <laughs> yeah yeah we, we obviously quite like brit Russ, as you may imagine um but, and wwe sort of contracting it all um as i say throwing the money up in the air and watching the scrambling masses uh i don't know it, it does rub us the wrong way because we like these guys we watch them <laughs> we've been watching them for ages and we want them to succeed we want them to do well and obviously, if that's within WWE's sphere of influence or outside of it, um, like, we'll be happy for them. But yeah, like, WWE's side of it, we're not big fans of. And here's the thing. I come I come from wrestling the majority of the time. I'm a guy who enjoys seeing great matches, and I can detach myself from uh, personalities quite strongly. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I, I still think Michael Elkin is a really good wrestler. I think he's probably a piece of shit human being, but that doesn't mean, like, there are people who, I'm not, this is not criticism, I think it's just a different way of viewing wrestling. There are people who cannot enjoy wrestling matches in WWE because WWE is a horrible person. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> WWE is a horrible company. Um, I mean, so are a lot of big businesses, but, you know, I, WWE is not good people. Um, mm. But also WWE don't put guys in positions to have great exactly. matches often. So, uh, <laughs> and you see how are... many people they have signed right now. Like, you, if you are signed to them, you're probably not going to be in a position to even stand out in any way. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting to. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, even on a personal level, I can detach myself from it. And, and as I said, I, I can enjoy Michael Elgin matches. I know there are people who can't enjoy Michael Elgin matches since more of his personal life has come to light. And I, I understand that point of view, but it's it's not one I have. Um, and I, I think that's just a matter of a a matter of I don't even know the right word for it. But I don't think there's a problem with either. I think it's fine to be able to detach that from real life, but I don't think you should have to in any way. Um, yeah. Whereas, so I, so I come at wrestling wanting to see the most great matches. That's it's slightly oversimplification, but that's how I enjoy wrestling in general. And as you say, in WWE, their talent roster is incredible. Just the main roster, just looking at the main roster, they have a roster that is probably, you know, comparable to New Japan's in terms of talent. But the output of great matches is so much, so, so inferior to um, New Japan. And, you know, I'm not saying they don't have great matches. Like, I, I think Seth Rollins is on, a, is on a tear this year. I think, you know... Um, Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles was amazing last year. There, there are matches that I really enjoy that come out of WWE, but they don't happen nearly as often as they should, given how talented their roster is. Mm-hmm. Um, however, NXT in general, and obviously NXT is slightly di- NXT UK is going to be slightly different, um, obviously, and we don't know how that's entirely going to play out. But NXT in general, I feel, does a fairly good job of utilizing their roster. So NXT UK isn't something I necessarily have a problem with as lo- from the standpoint of I want to see great matches. Obviously, I don't support the predatory aspect of it, uh, but that's kind of from a, a more business point of view, which is kind of detached from the great matches point of view. Um, I really enjoyed the UK tournament last year. 
Um, and I imagine I'll what I'll watch of it this year, there'll be stuff in there I really enjoy. So I have no point, uh, no problem with it on that stance. And if NXT UK does become a regular thing, and yes, they are getting to have less matches in Rev Pro, but they're bit, they're having just as many matches that they would great matches that they would have had in Rev Pro now in NXT UK. Then from mm. that standpoint, I don't have a problem with it. But but you worry that it's just going to be the pet project for a bit, and then yeah. a shiny new toy will appear, uh, and these guys will be left out in the cold uh, and. The last year and a half of their usage of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate doesn't give you great hope for that. And even beyond that, if it goes the other way and it does become hugely successful, the top guys are then going to get moved up to the main roster and then have those lesser opportunities to have great matches. So that's that's going to disappoint <laughs> me too. Yeah. So there's, there's a very small sweet spot in that I'm going to be consistently happy where they're running consistent shows. All the talent they have is getting good opportunities to have great matches but it's not enough of a priority that Vince's eyes on it are on it and that he's calling people up from it. Because when people get called up, it, from, from like the humanitarian standpoint, um, it would be good for them because then they'll get main rush to pay and they'll actually like make good money in wrestling. And I'll be happy for them on the human level. But from my my point as a viewer, my, my wanting to be entertained by great matches, that's probably going to go down from them. But... Uh, and another thing could be, if they sign too many people, does it start to stifle the growth of the UK scene? If they do, as you say, um, because World of Sport is what it is. I think it's good for competition, but from what it was, it was a horrible show, and I, I would never watch it again. I watched it once as a one-off. <laughs> um, as a curiosity and if that yeah. became if that became a brand it wouldn't be one I watched and if they signed people up to exclusive contract I would hate that too because it would be yeah. a lot of great wrestlers put in positions where they'll never have great matches um, yeah. so I'm not say, I'm not saying like go world of sport I think from the standpoint of it would be a uh, ITV a billion dollar corporation probably not but a, a multi-million dollar corporation at least um, yeah, they, they might be billion. I have no idea. Um, coming in into the same sphere as WWE, that WWE would have to take very seriously. Uh, that they, it looks like they've probably managed to block them out. Is probably a negative for the business overall, but for a, from a micro level of great matches, isn't a problem. Not them not being there. But if places like, at the moment, it's fine. Like the, the talent. Like if you just look at these these upcoming Rev Pro shows, they no longer have the WWE UK guys, but they do are still stacked with talent, uh, and it's actually freshened them up somewhat. Um, but if they do continuously keep signing more and more people, hoard more and more talent, it could stifle the scene somewhat. And from kind of a, I'm not a particularly patriotic person. But I do have pride for the for the way the British scene has grown, and not not because it's necessarily British, but because it's a scene I've man I've I've kind of been with, and I feel involved in yeah. since seeing it go from like not nothing, but not far from it to where it is today. I want to see that growth continue. I don't want to see it stop here, and put a glass ceiling on it where like. You know, Progress isn't always my favourite promotion, but I think it's amazing that they've managed to go from running a show 
every what three months or so to running like several shows a month touring worldwide touring in like three different continents rev pro it being somewhat realistic that they're going to be running in japan in the nearish future that sort of thing i think that's awesome and i don't want to see that stop i want to see that keep going i want more and more opportunities yeah. for the wrestlers and I feel we like can't just pat ourselves on the back and say job well done at this point, and we can all go home and get signed by the big corporation. Um, not least because we don't get anything out of it, but <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, we we've sort of grown up with the scene growing up as well. So it's you know it's important to us that it keeps thriving in its current form as as well as advancing into whatever it may become. But it maintains that identity, and obviously WWE's identity is WWE no matter how you slice it and it's very it's it's very different to what you know our shows are and you know our shows are more independent or more underground spirit <laughs> punk rock <laughs> no matter no matter what that means to you um you know that's that's the spirit that we've got and so it would be a shame if you know it suddenly did just become wrestling is WWE again yeah and like I, i'm not of the opinion and I, you know, I could well be proven wrong in the fullness of time, but I'm not in the of the opinion that this is going to kill the UK wrestling scene. No, I, I don't think so either. But it would be a shame to see it lose some of its identity. I, I yeah, I agree. Um, and I guess what I'm saying is, it feels like there's. While I don't think there's a potential, well, there is maybe a potential, but I don't think it's likely that this will kill the UK wrestling scene. I don't even think it will hurt it that much in its current form. But I think there is somewhat of a likelihood that it kind of puts a cap on the UK wrestling scene where it is now. And maybe things don't get any bigger from here. They stay at this current level. Yeah. And this current yeah. level is good. But we're still not at the level of like a Japan. We're still not like the level of a Mexico. And we're not on the level of US either. Even though our wrestlers are probably good enough to, <laughs> we are, to push to that level. Yeah, yeah we are the... the probably the the fourth biggest wrestling scene in the world country wise yeah um after those three we're probably bigger than canada although yeah probably bigger than canada now. No, I, I definitely say so yeah but i want to get up to the point where like it's viable that you know the aim for for wrestlers in the uk is to get big enough that they can get over to the uk to the US, or they can get over to Mexico, or they can get over to Japan, because they're the big three. I want it to become the big four. And yeah. we're still quite a way off that. But I think we could get there, and the growth rate has been astounding, and I just don't want to see that stop. <laughs> yeah, we we can't just pat ourselves on the back and <laughs> like sign our, sign our souls over to Uncle Paul, um, who will say, job well done. You guys can poodle around in your 500-seaters, and we'll take your guys when they're ready. Um... <laughs> I don't want this to just become a feeder system to NXT UK, which is a feeder system to WWE. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. And this whole conversation we've had, I, I know we've gone kind of longer than we were expecting, but <laughs> it's it's been good. It's been uh, sort of therapeutic and to get that independent spirit out there. So to sum up, we don't think it's going to kill it. We're not losing our heads, but we are wary, perhaps. I guess is mm. is one way to look at it. And you always have to be when WWE are involved. <laughs> yeah, just look at the track record. Um, 
yeah, I think we should probably be wrapping up the episode here. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the one episode I come back for doubles the length of the previous episode you have. Um, <laughs> no worries, no worries. Uh, I had a I had an Irish accent for about well, inverted a commas Irish minutes, accent yeah. for a good five minutes. So that's uh, sorry, I guess. Um, plugs, I guess. Ollie. Yeah, you can follow me at another Ollie. Um, also listen to the Brickress Experience, the other podcast, We Offend Irish People on there. Um, and yeah. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Well, you can now follow me on at Britress Round. B-R-I-T-W-R-E-S-R-O-U-N-D. On Twitter, uh, where you can find all the updates of the podcast, as well as my wrestling takes. Completely um, unfiltered. No, no, um... No, completely filtered even. Um, completely filtered wrestling takes. No no darts, <laughs> no gambling in there. Uh, the R double still exists, but um, if if that's not if gambling and sports and millions of World Cup tweets aren't your bag, then you now have a route to avoiding it. Um, so yeah, you can go follow me there and as I said earlier, if we ever have any lack of topics um, where we, we need to ask questions, I'll be sending the tweet out there, so that'll be where you can send them in. Um, obviously, voicesofwrestling.com for all the reviews. Uh, Liam Malone, as we speak, is writing up his reviews of the NXT UK shows. I think the first one's already gone up, and he's working on the second one. Um, we'll have reviews of the NXT, uh, of the New Japan UK shows. All that jazz. Everything we've talked about here, we'll, we'll have reviews of. We've got a, a preview, a written preview. Uh, if if we didn't preview it enough, coming up uh, for you for the New Japan UK shows, these that should be out probably by the time you listen to this, if not within a day or so. It'll definitely be before the shows happen, otherwise it kind of loses the point of it being a preview. Um, voiceofwrestling.com slash Amazon, voiceofwrestling.com slash SeatGeek, voiceofwrestling.com slash WWE Shop. I always forget the third one. Uh, won't cost you a penny extra makes us some money helps with the serving costs rich is pu- currently pulling his hair out over server problems so make it worth his while please um and yeah that's quite enough for plugs thank you everybody for listening and we will see you either in two weeks or next week who knows who knows see you at the british pure Resu. indeed oh and if uh, any of you are going to those uh shows we've mentioned that we have said we're going to we would love to see you there Bye-bye. Interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today.